yo, yo, yo. Welcome in, my golf betting degenerate friends. This is me. My name is Joe Idoni, and you have stumbled upon the Preferred Lines podcast. What we are is a golf gambling podcast. Uh, we will do a full course preview for tonight's 3M Open. We will review the Open Championship and the wonderful week that was at St. Andrews. Um, this is live streaming now on YouTube and Twitter. And if you enjoy your content in podcast form, we'll be available on iTunes and Spotify shortly after we close down the airways tonight. If you're here, as always, make sure uh, I hate saying this kind of, but give it a like, give it a subscribe. Um, I try to do fun stuff. I try to put it all out there, not behind paywall, not overly uh, ad conscience. So uh, support the show. Thanks a lot. Here's what's on tap. For tonight, quick course preview of the 3M Open. First, I'm going to review the Open Championship, like I mentioned. I'm going to give you the key stats and important data uh, that have helped me have a little bit of success in this event in the past three years. Uh, I'll get into that later. I'm going to go through the entire odds boards. No guests tonight. You just have me and shots. We're taking shots. If you want to join me, it's happy hour. We hit a winner. I'll give another best bet this week. Answer any questions that you have in the chat. If you are here now via a live stream on Twitter, um, I'm giving away a t-shirt tonight. I know it's not much, but you have your choice of a black or a gray preferred lines t-shirt. Check my page if you want to see what they look like. If you drop your name in the chat, just give me your name, Tell me uh, something nice. Tell me why you subscribe to the show and the YouTube channel, and I will pick a winner and happily send you a gift from me to you. Throw a couple stickers in there. Give you a nice little kind note. Uh, as anyone who's received one will tell you, I enjoy doing. So thank you all for your support. Okay. Um, this portion of the show brought to you by Fantasy Points. Promo code LINES22. Get you 10% off a monthly, weekly, yearly subscription over there. Uh, my man Hunter who's been a guest on this show, put out his early tea time show earlier today. Go ahead and check that out. He goes a lot more in-depth than I will in terms of the course and building key stat models that will indicate success over there. He does a great job. Um, they have a whole team over there who does awesome work. They support me. I support them. You know the spiel. That's how we roll. Thank you, Fantasy Points. Okay, open championship. Let's rip a shot. Um, I have some Legion. Lee Gent whiskey. I don't even know how to say it. It's bourbon. I like bourbon. Here we go. Whew. Thank you, Cam Smith. Um, you are the best. You are the almighty. You are an incredible player that everyone should love to root for. You're awesome. Um, so I had an eventful week. At one point on the leaderboard, I believe I had five of the top six in terms of picks. So I had an old anti-post ticket on Victor Hovland from December. I had DJ. I had Cam Young. I had Cam Smith. And I had, I think it was Hovland. Yeah. Anyways, four out of five, five out of six, whatever it was. Um, I had a great week. I really enjoyed that event. Now, hot take here, coming in hot, like my breath off that shot of whiskey. Okay. I talked to some people who play the old course, one being David Barnett, who was on the show last week, one being Pat Perry, a couple being guys who I talked with this weekend playing golf who have been there before. And they all share the same experience that many of the journalists you will see this week shared about it. It's special. It's emotional. 
it holds a special and endearing place in golf that should never be diminished. I get that. From an outside perspective of someone who has not been there, they kind of took the course apart a little bit, and they did what we had hoped that they wouldn't do, and they blasted driver everywhere. There were upwards of five par fours that were reachable. The two par fives presented barely any challenge. The closing holes on both nines were essentially an automatic birdie on drivable par fours on number nine and number 18. And even the road hole I felt wasn't really a ultimate challenge to guys this week. Um, I get the history. I understand the players like it. I don't think that they should ever remove this from the Rota. I'll say that right now, but they kind of took it apart and seeing guys just hammer driver and it turned into a chipping contest and ultimately a putting contest where guys were hitting 17 or 18 out of 18 greens. Um, that's why Cam Smith won. I think Rory had 36 putts on Sunday. Cam Smith had like 28, 27. That was the difference. Um, he was unbelievable with the putter, but his approach play was also on. I thought that it was extremely gutsy. I tried to stay quiet and I maybe took a little bit too much of a obnoxious victory lap yesterday because I just saw a lot of people write him off for a terrible decision on the 13th hole of Saturday. And they had essentially handed this thing to Rory And this thing. The only people rooting for Cam Smith yesterday were the degenerates like myself and a gang full of others. Congrats to all of them who had tickets on him sitting here chomping at the bit while everyone in the world roots for Rory. Um, it would be the biggest story in sports probably this month had Rory pulled that off. Uh, it would be every headline. It would be a 10, 20 minute segment on SportsCenter. Um, he is the king of golf and it would have been nice to see him get it done. There might be something there. Only shooting two under when the majority of the field. Thank you, Lakers Taylor, by the way. The only running right now in for a t-shirt. I'm giving away a t-shirt drop. Uh, anything. Put something in the chat. Subscribe to the um, YouTube channel and you will be entered. I'll pick one of you guys out. Maybe I'll pick all of you guys out. We'll see. Um, anyways. Disappointing day. Two putted everything. Uh, couldn't get anything to go down. And do I feel like some of that was due to um, Victor struggling? Yes. But Cam Smith dealt with that one day as well, where he struggled and him and Cam Young had a, had a difficult pairing and he rebounded and still was able to ultimately do what it took to win and one by two. And for neither Rory or Victor coming in with, the lead they came in with on Sunday, neither of them finishing in the top two. Um, the odds on that would have been quite outrageous. Um, another storyline to kind of take away. Uh, I saw my man BK put out a poll uh, who had the better major season, Rory or Will Zalatoris. It's not even that close to me. It was Will Zalatoris um, being in firm contention twice. So you have to judge this with a grain of what the expectation was coming into the year and how they handled those expectations. Rory, the expectation level is major or bust. I think at this point, he'll tell you something different. 
Um, there was an article written, I believe, by golf.com that showed the immense pressure and, and maybe how he really felt. He may have said the right things, but um, I believe that he felt disappointed. He may not tell you that, but it's he's going to look back on it as a disappointing major run. I really believe that. Will Zalatoris, building blocks. He's still so young, but maybe the biggest winner. Um, I'm going to get to this question real quick from Chris. Chris, thank you for asking this question. I don't necessarily feel like it was a choke job in that he gagged it away. Um, so I agree with you. It doesn't feel like that. Although, do I feel like he should have done more to win and could have played more aggressively and and had it in his hands? Yeah, heading into that back nine, I believe he was up either two or three, and he lost by two heading into the back nine of another major. Um, that really starts to to compound. Um, Cam Young was in it more than Rory. I don't know, Dan. Like, you know, I love you, buddy, but Cam Young easily like, okay, so this is what I wanted to get to. Of anyone who excelled in majors above their expectation level coming into the season, maybe it's Cam Young. A third and a second in two major championships as a PGA Tour rookie is pretty unbelievable. There's two missed cuts in there. There's also a lot of other tournaments, though, that he can use as building blocks. First round leader at the Memorial, big time tournament. Uh, second at the Genesis at the Riv. Unbelievable finish there. Third, I believe, at the Heritage. Um, third at, at not Quail Hollow, um, but you know the event that I'm speaking of, Wells Fargo. So, he was fantastic and I think played well above his expectation level and has the most positive building blocks of not winning a major that I think even Will Zalatoris is, is hard to match. Now, final storyline before I start to get to the 3M Open, Tiger Woods. I thought he was going to play well. I'll be the first to admit I was wrong. I told DB on the show, I think the over-under in finishing position was 24 and a half. God, was I wrong. Um, he wasn't even really close to that. Of course, missed the cut by a million, got off to a rough start. I I think that he needs to really adjust his strategy coming in. Hold on. My wife's texting me during the show, so this can't be good. Okay. We're all right. Um, I think he needs to play. He needs to play. Practice is not the same as playing in tour events, and I think that reared its head to him, and I think that he'll understand that, whether – he does so successfully. I think he needs tune-up. Look, you act like he needs the rest on his body. That's not the case because he's not resting. He's practicing seven to nine hours a day, including warm-up, including rehab, including weightlifting, including time at the range. Go play some events. Like, in the lead-up to the Masters, he needs to play once. He should probably play the Honda right here. Sleep in his own bed. He's got all of his rehab stuff right here. It's not an up and down course. It's an easy walk. The space that you have to walk from the green to the next tee is extremely short. It all kind of winds in a very tight and narrow space. He's had success playing the Honda before he plays in major championships. He should do that again. Um, the last time that he won the Masters, he made an epic run at the Honda on Sunday. I was there. Um, and it was the building blocks. He followed that up with a good performance at the Arnold Palmer. He came into that major championship with confidence and he won the masters. He's not dead. That's my point. 
Um, he just needs to adjust his strategy, I think, coming into these events, and he can look for better results quickly. If you're in here, pop over to the YouTube page, drop something in the chat. I'm going to pick out a winner. I'll DM you in a little bit. I'm going to send you a T-shirt, a preferred lines tee. Um, I have a golf gambling club member tee, loggers and long shots tee. I'm trying to clear out some inventory. I got some new stuff coming on the way. Okay. Um, moving on, let's do TPC Twin Cities course preview. Blaine, Minnesota, par 71, 7,431 yards on the scorecard. That's pretty long. Greens are a bent grass green. Um, cut line has averaged minus one here. Previous three winners include Cameron Champ last year, minus 15, had him 150 to one. Michael Thompson didn't have him, minus 19. Matthew Wolf had him 125 to one. Minus 21. This was an awesome moment for any Matt Wolf backer. I feel sorry for um, the, the Wolf Pack who was not on this win because it was so much, so much fun. Um, watching him battle Bryson and Colin Morikawa, who I was told by many people he wasn't as good as either one of them. That's proven true, but not that day in Blaine, Minnesota. Um, this is the seventh longest course on tour given the par 71 nature. However, it's at the sixth highest elevation on tour, so the balls tend to fly a little bit further up in Old Blaine. 13 holes where water becomes a significant hazard on this course, so water is firmly in play. Last year, this course ranked third on tour in terms of out of third on third out of 46 in terms of water danger holes. Um, basically meaning where it comes into play, the amount of people that end up dunking them in. This course ranks really hard. <laughs> I believe it was the course setup guy originally the first year who said that they want birdies and carnage both. Um, so it sets up as a birdie fest, but that doesn't mean that every single hole is easy. If you perform correctly and play the course the right way, then yes, you will score really well here. Otherwise, you could make big numbers. I remember DJ made like a nine and withdrew on one of the par fives. Four-inch bluegrass fescue rough, uh, negligible at best. 6,500 square foot greens. That's pretty big. Definitely on the larger side for PGA Tour events. Um, this was originally a Champions Tour event for some 25 years before it was promoted to the big leagues. Um, when it was promoted to the big leagues was under a renovation with um, Heron and Tom Lehman, who, who kind of prepped this thing for PGA Tour standards. It's an original Arnold Palmer design. Key stats for the week for me. Strokes gain off the tee. Okay, this is my new number one stat. I went deep into this last week. I'm not going to do that again, although maybe not as corollary here. I'm going to factor this stat in as heavily as any on every course moving forward. It's it's treated me really well. I feel like it's the most truthful strokes gain stat that there is um, because other ones can glean errors from time to time. Strokes gain approach, also great. Um, some more flaws, but many would indicate that it's uh, also very indicative of success. I just don't think it's weighted as heavily as maybe I previously had it. Um, any course with this much water around the greens, it's going to matter. Wolf was unbelievable here uh, in his winning year, gaining nearly 10 strokes on approach. Not what you would think how Matthew Wolf would win a golf tournament, but he did it in his fourth career PGA's tour start that year. Um, putter, bent grass greens. Um, it's weird because Cameron champ and Michael Thompson both gained like 10 strokes putting for the week. Here's what Thompson said. And this is the weird thing. When, when you search for like, when you start to filter on these sites on Rick run good on fantasy national on data golf, whatever you're using, right. And you figure out grass types. Um, 
you search for them. Michael Thompson's worst surface is bent grass. However, this is what he says about bent grass. And I think it's it's funny to understand the differences between um, what people like to put on and what they're best at putting on. Kevin Kisner is a great example of this. So Kisner hates POA. It's probably his best putting surface. Michael Thompson, quote, love these greens. I've always loved bent grass greens. It's always a treat to play on these nice bent grass surfaces. Statistically, his worst putting surface. Um, Michael Thompson, Cam Champ. Also said similar things about loving uh, the putting surfaces last year on bent grass. His worst putting surfaces is bent. So do you do you filter as much? I think you need to do a blend. It's important to look at recent form with strokes game putting. I think a little bit you want to do long term, but you also want to see who's coming in hot and confident coming into that event. Cam Champ is a good example. Had a really good putter and a really good run at the John Deere. I'm going to look at that kind of stuff. Signs of life right? Look at the John Deere. Look at the Memorial, these Midwestern bent grass golf courses. Um, see how they played, how they putted around there, and that may give you an indication. Strokes gain around the green. Um, ranked 10th on tour via rickrungood.com. Uh, most corollary of the major stat categories was around the green in terms of success. Par 5 scoring. Now, this is a big one here especially. They're all gettable. You have to birdie and probably eagle it once or twice. Um, the 18th hole, especially the ninth hole, I believe is, is a par five that they, they kick back a little bit to just over 500 yards and play it as a par four. The other three par fives that are actually on the card are around 590 yards. Need a birdie. Um, strokes gain total birdie fest, maybe a little birdies are better sprinkled in there and also driving distance. Look, um, the two winners that I've hit, so this is coming from a, a personal thing. I'm throwing in driving distance were, were two of the longest, like obviously Cam Champ, right? The longest guy in the field last year. Matthew Wolf was right up there in terms of driving distance when he won. That's where I got my two winners at big numbers. So if you're going to give me a guy who pounds it at decent odds, I'm going to get a look at him. Um, okay, so more people popping in here. Drop me a comment, please. Uh, do it on the YouTube page. I will send you probably a T-shirt. I will DM you after the show. Get your size. Get your address on me. Throw in a couple stickers, a nice note. Um, appreciate you guys flushing out some old inventory here. I got some new stuff coming in, which should be really cool. Okay, let me pause. I'm talking fast. Uh, I'm gonna, let's let's do another shot. Okay, it's ha I was gonna spark something up, but. I don't think that's appropriate on the live stream. Just, you know, I probably not a good idea. So let's do another shot. Um, I've got some. Oh, check this out. I was looking at this when I grabbed the bottle to do the first shot. Look at that. Feel the flow. The cover of Golf Digest. It's Cam in his pink shirt. I believe I put on the best bet tweet last week that I'm feeling the flow. Um, it's just all signs, man. He had to do it. He did it. I hope he doesn't go to live, right? I hope he didn't go to live. He's one I need to keep. Um, excuse anyone not checking this out live, but if you would like to, um, cheers. Love you guys. We're on a good run. Got the magazine by the recliner. Cam Smith is awesome. Um, the double X gold. I've already been looking for it. I already checked out on Penguin's website. Got a shirt coming just to support my boy. Thanks, Dano. 
Okay, let's look at this odds board. Holy shit, this field sucks. Um, Tony Finau, let me try to make this a little bit bigger for you guys here. How about this? How about this? Yeah, how about that, right? See it a little better? Always improving here. Tony Finau's 13 to 1. No, thank you. Hideki Matsuyama, best number available, 16 to 1. Sung JM, 18 to 1. Interesting. Adam Hadwin, 25 to 1. Cameron Davis, 25 to 1. Davis Riley, 25 to 1. Mav McNeely, 25. Sahith Tagala, 25. I'm in on Cam Davis. Um, that's my first bet of the week. That is the, I've had success with the first bet. It was JT post in a couple of weeks ago. It was Rory at the Canadian it's cam Davis now. Um, and it was cam Smith last week. You're the Cameron continues. Cam Davis. I hit last July at the rocket mortgage at a hundred to one plus, I think. Um, look, he's on a good run. I don't think they have the stats loaded in from what was last week at the Barracuda. I know that was weird. Um, but yeah, was, I believe played really well at the John Deere. Let me pull him up here. Um, so his numbers check out really well. He's a good bent and grass putter. I mentioned, I don't know how much that matters, but an eighth at the John Deere where he gained 4.4 and approach 4.7 off the tee it gives you 8.3 tee to green. Um, good putter has gained almost in, in nearly every tournament with the putter. Really solid young kid. Love the aggressiveness he plays with a la Cameron champ, a la Matthew Wolf. Um, if he explodes and misses the cut, he misses the cut, right? That, that happens to guys who play like these guys play. Uh, but he brings a winning upside to an outright ticket that I feel a lot of other players may not. Um, the other one is Sahith. Are we factoring in, like, I think it was Wiley, not jet lag, right? We're not factoring in jet lag, but are we factoring in fatigue? Um, getting in late to the Open Championship, flying there, acclimating, playing well, finding himself in contention, falling out of contention, but still grinding through the weekend nicely. Um, he's been on a roll. He's been playing a lot. He had the emotional travelers. I might get there. 25 to 1, I will say, is a very, very fair digit price on Sahith. Um, better than I thought that we could get here, but good for him. All right, let me load all. Cam Tringale, 28 to 1. Chucky Howe, I, I wanted to bet Charles Howe. I'm washing down um, whiskey with wine. Risky. Wanted to bet Charles Howe. The odds were terrible. Other guy I wanted to bet was Brendan Steele. I think there were some really good early morning numbers on him. My boy DB puts out an early morning show. Um, if you were on that, good for you. I think at this point, he's crashed to 28 to 1 on my favorite book. He's 35 to 1 is the best price available here. I'm going to begrudgingly pass. Um, postman's 35 to one Chez coming off a win. Martin Laird, 35 to one coming off a good week. Nick Hardy, 40 Svensson, 45 Brendan Todd, 45. I'm going to kind of move past all of them. Okay. I have interest in the Goddard kid. Haven't bet him yet. Mm, yeah, he's a bomber. He's, he's not a great putter. 
um, particularly on short putts, but he's shown himself to be fantastic. He's fourth in the field in terms of driving distance. Um, where are his numbers here on my mixed condition model? He might not have enough data. Okay. 11th in approach, 17 in strokes game, par five. Good player. The Another interesting one is Ricky. Uh, I heard from several people, most notably in terms of a name that you guys would recognize as Matt Wallace, who said he was absolutely striping it at the Scottish. He played really, really well for three days there. Needed to finish in the top three of non-qualifiers to get himself into the open. Had a rough Sunday. Um, 50 to 1 isn't unfair. Now, my book has 35, but I'm not going to do it at that price. If I could get like 60 somehow, yes, I would be in on Ricky. And that's not saying a whole lot, but it's 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 something. Uh, Wyndham Clark, I remember the year... That Wolf won. It was Wolf, Bryson, Morikawa, and randomly Wyndham Clark. Um, he played really well that week and was in it all the way until maybe two, three holes left. Um, I have a vivid recollection of this. I'm going to move. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, I'm going to move back to this way. It's a little easier for me to navigate. Um, yeah, so I 55 to 1. No. Uh, champ. No, wish there were better signs coming in. Um, where's my next bet here? I may have passed over. Okay, Troy Merritt. It's this time of the year. I, 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 this, this event's tough to talk about. Um, 65 to one, Troy Merritt. Let me see why. Let me justify this. Give me just a brief moment here. Um, Merritt. Okay. Easy courses narrative. Troy Merritt strokes gain total easy golf courses last 36 round. Troy Merritt is fifth um, birdie or better gained on easy golf courses. Troy Merritt is fourth putting splits. Whether you look at bent, whether you look at not bent, he's third in putting overall. He's second on bent grass specific putting. He's good at both. He does not fit the distance narrative that I had, but he's really the one guy I think that I've taken so far that doesn't fit that narrative. There are Michael Thompson's. There are Ryan Armour's. There are these guys that show up at this event and are able to compete with accuracy. I think that he can be one of them. He played well with the Rocket Mortgage last year, which I think is a good comp as well. Um, I'm taking Troy Merritt 65 to 1. That, that kind of hurts to say. All right. Stuart Sink. 70 to one. Where's all Stu at? Um, I got a 70 on Stewart. I believe there are better numbers out there available. Let's check the odds checker grid. Let me pull that back up. Stuart think there's a 90 to one right now. What book is this? Bet 365. Um, it's a good price. He still hits it a long way. Still is top 25 in terms of driving distance. Um, there have been small signs. Now, is he playing as well as he did last year? Of course not. Um, that said, let me pull up his recent data here. He's still a really good putter. So he's still top 25 in strokes game putting total. He's 12th in bent grass specific. Like I mentioned, he's top 25 in driving distance. He finished top 25 at the Scottish Open. He finished ninth at the Wells Fargo. He finished seventh at the Valspar. There's a lot of missed cuts, and there's a couple of good finishes. Um, 
I don't know. I just feel like that this is a good week for him. Let me see if he played. Okay, so he did play this last year and missed the cut. Has he ever played it? He was 46 the year before. Okay, not good course history. Is what it is. Uh, I bet Stu Sink. It's already in. There's no taking it back. He was 70 to 1. He's 90 to 1 there on 365. Um, moving down the odds board. So we get to this long shot range, right? And I have made a killing on this range. Um, there's a couple of guys who fit my 125 to 1 bomber narrative. The first one's Callum Terran. Uh, he's 125 to 1. Let me tell you a little bit about old Callum here. Um, he's a bomber. When you see him, you don't necessarily think bomber. I didn't think so. Let me see. Is this driving distance? Yes, it is. Okay. So Callum Terran is eighth in the field in driving distance. Um, he smokes it. Let me give you a few other stats on him. Um, he is top 10 in strokes gained on par fives. He is decent in strokes gained total on easy courses. He is on a hot little spicy little run here. Sixth at the John Deere, gained on approach, gained off the tee, gained with the putter. Sounds a lot like Cam Cam Champ. Getting my there's a lot of cams going on right now in this world. I'm starting to get them confused. Um, Callum Terran, he's that guy. Now you want bomber. Cam Champ was the longest guy in the field. Matthew Wolf arguably was the longest guy in the field because it wasn't like peak Bryson distance bomber juiced up yet. Here's the longest guy on the PGA Tour who's come along in a long time. Brandon Matthews. I know people who have played with him down here in the Palm Beach area, and it is something to absolutely see. He got a win on a Corn Ferry Tour event. He's 150 to 1. Now, he played okay at the U.S. Open. Can he go out there and is he ready? Maybe not quite yet. Let's see where I'm trying to just pull him up. Bear with me just a second. I want to kind of see his finishes. Matthews, Matthews, Matthews. M-A-T-H. Here he is. Okay. These are what his recent tour starts look like. Um, miscut, miscut, miscut 60th at the U.S. Open. So he played well for three days. He was terrible in the other. Uh, I wish this had more Corn Fairy Tour data. I thought they had a lot of that going on Fantasy National. What's going on with Fantasy National? I didn't talk to my boy Moose. Um, they've been late on some stuff. I don't know. I hope everything's well over there. I hope everything is well with him. Um, but I know that there's starting to be some frustrations abundance uh, in the Twitter sphere. Brandon Matthews, 150 to one. That's my long shot call. There probably won't be a lunchtime long shots video tomorrow. I'm on the road. I'm going up to Orlando. I'm on daddy duty. Um, yeah, I'm going to try to take the kids somewhere fun and keep them occupied and keep myself sane i appreciate you guys for checking out the show as i always do um, if there's anyone else that you guys really like please feel free to drop them in i'll be happy to 
to comment on that for you. I know that here, what's what's Lakers Taylor saying? I know that we wish there were signs coming from these guys, but the three winners had awful form coming into the three end. So I'll definitely take someone. I, I think Cam Champ is probably the anomaly there because he did have a good performance at the John Deere. Matthew Wolf had like signs, right? He was coming off one of the best college seasons ever. Um, there was a lot of hype around him. Had he lived up to those expectations to that point? No. Um, but I think that there were some signs for them. Thompson, you're totally right. Out of nowhere. Glad to see you in Tampa. You have a great night as well. Chris says he loves the Terran call. Um, thank you, Chris. I hope that we can kind of get that right um, as well. So check out the Fantasy Golf Pod. They are another sponsor of the show. Chad's got a lot of good things going. I think that he's going to be on TIB tomorrow night. I got some good guests lined up. I got uh, my boy Dom from Fantasy Points coming on the show next week to talk Rocket Mortgage. Uh, Kirshner is coming on Preferred Lines, is going to make I think it's his debut. Yeah, on PO. I can't believe I had not had him on yet. He was generous enough to have me on a while ago. He just um, he's taking over the world, so I want to have him on. He's the fellow Cam ticket holder. Um, so good stuff for BK. Appreciate all you guys for stopping by. Let me do my final thoughts segment really quickly before I get out of here. And this is it. Let your chickens hatch. Um, I put this tweet out yesterday. And there were a lot of people. So I went through a bit of the ups and downs with Cameron Smith and Cameron Young this week. Right. Um, I hosted a spaces for links Dow. Um, whether you know them or not, there were a lot of new excited betters, uh, new golf, newish golf betters that took part in that. Um, they asked a lot of great questions. I was happy to do it. I mentioned the names Cameron Smith and Cameron Young and Dustin Johnson and Rory and everyone was kind of blowing up me up in the mentions in the DM saying, oh, my God, after day one, oh, my God, after day two. And then so sorry after day three. And it's like um, if you have to be able to weather these ups and downs of a golf tournament. Um, many people believe, like I said, that Cam Smith shot his way out of the tournament on the 13th hole. There's so much left to go. And I think that you, if you understand the emotional swings that come along with the journey of a golf bet, of a decision, of a choice, just in life, um, when you make it, there are going to be positive and negatives along that journey until you get to a final conclusion or resolution, in which case you can deal with the result good or bad. I don't want to pretend like I was watching that not excited when he was doing great and not frustrated when he was making mental mistakes that could have cost him the event. Of course I was. Um, but you just have to understand that, especially with like golf betting versus anything else, there is a randomness in play and nothing is ever set in stone and you shouldn't count your winning tickets or you shouldn't count your tickets a loser until the chickens hatch and all 72 holes are played. Um, nothing that you say or think or tweet or uh, superstitions that you have are going to change ultimately the outcome. And I've had to kind of come to that realization myself many times. Um, I took what I said earlier was maybe a little bit of an ungraceful victory lap. I think because I remained so silent, but look, it's, it's, I wish I maybe I didn't. Maybe it was obnoxious. I'm sorry if that offended anyone, but um, it's fun to try and predict a winner. And it's hard in golf. 
Like, you want to predict the winner of Wimbledon? Not that hard. You want to predict the winner of the NBA championship? Not that hard. There are signs and there are sports where typically the best player or the best team will win out, um, given the nature of that sport. Golf's not always that way. It's probably the hardest. Like you can pencil in Djokovic and Nadal or Serena Williams for the final match of a tennis tournament. Um, you can probably pencil in the Warriors and the Celtics for another NBA run like last year. You're going to be able to pencil in like the Rams and the, like these are teams that are going to make deep runs because they're really good and that sport tends to reward the best. Not that golf doesn't do that, but when you're dealing with the volume of 150 players, to predict the guy who finishes first and second and fourth um, in your seven picks is hard. So I celebrated it. Once the chicken arrives and it hatches out of that beautiful egg, um, enjoy it. Take some time. Take a shot. Uh, it's fun. It's hard to do. I mentioned last week that with my strategy, you have to hit six winners a year to be profitable. I'm fortunate enough that that was number eight. And it's the third consecutive year that I've been totally transparent. I put every pick out there for free. They're all documented. And I've been able to have three profitable years. Um, I'm hoping for one more before the season ends. Maybe two at this point. Let's get greedy. Why not? Uh, making it three for three in terms of profitable years on Twitter. Something to hang the hat on, right? Um, I put a ton of effort and miles into this. I appreciate you guys. Uh, thank you so much for following along last week. Thank you for your support. Thank you for hanging there with me. Anyone who bet Cam Smith, good job. Way to let the chicken hatch. Uh, happy for all of you. Thank you for checking out another episode of Preferred Lines. I'll talk to you all later. Peace out. Have a great week. Enjoy the 3M. Later.